Still 
side I uh, farm with my uh, retired father and my brother and my two sons and all of our wives are involved in the operation as well we farm about 4,000 acres and uh, uh, so it's a family operation and, and God has always been a focal point in our operation whenever we make decisions we always pray about it and you know if we if if we shouldn't do it the Lord will put an obstacle in our path You know, Dad's 93, has seen everything. 81 was a bad year, but this spring, by far, uh, took the took the cake. So we started planting, and, and we hit it hard, and um, uh, probably had three-fourths of the corn planted uh, the last week of April, and half the beans. But... Uh, the weather set in, and the first rain we got five inches, and you know we said, okay, we we can deal with that. Well, then seven days later we get another five inches. So over the course of May we got 15 to 20 inches of rain, and so not only were we drowned out in the low areas, but we couldn't establish a stand in the high areas, and the rains just kept coming. You know, uh, we had problems. Indiana, by large, had problems. Illinois had problems. Ohio had problems. So, you know, our son, my sons have a seed dealership, so we were saying, hey, we may need seed to replant. And which the seed company had a supply of seed at that time. But all of a sudden, everybody needed to replant. And so in an instant, just that seed vanished. I tend to worry, and it kept just snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. And uh, so, you know, it was, it was constantly on my mind. I, I couldn't sleep at night, you know, just fretting and stewing over it. When, you know, we'd always got the crop planted, but it was beginning to look like we weren't going to. On Friday night, I come home. I, I don't mow the yard. My, you know, most of the time we're in the field, so, you know, Kelly always mows the yard. So I'm out mowing the yard and out here in the side yard, and I see a piece of paper. I'd made my second pass around, and I, I seen it had some writing on it, but I didn't know what it was or anything, but it just it, it sparked my curiosity. And I'm not one to pick up sticks or anything. I mean, if it's on the ground, I shred it, you know. And so I... I went around again. Well, I'd forgot that that piece of paper was there, so I, I ran over it. And it flew out of the mower, totally unscathed. And this, this is what was on that piece of paper. Be still and know that I am God. And I looked up and I said, all right, I hear you. And it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. So I finished mowing the yard, 
come in and share it with my wife. I'm crying. She's crying because she knew what I'd been going through. And from that point on, the Lord took over and took us on a ride. He didn't say that everything would be perfect. The, our situation is still not perfect, but we know he is there with us. Even though I was praying about it, the, the problems that we had, I had not given them up to him. And, you know, when I found that piece of paper, you know, I surrendered that to him. And that took the worries away from, from our problems, knowing that he was there with us. I think all of us can identify with what Alan Bays was going through. Now, I've never had to worry about getting in the crop, getting the, getting the fields planted through the rain. But we've all found ourselves facing situations that seem to be greater than we could handle. We find ourselves in problems that go from bad to worse to worse still. And we really feel like this is more than we can handle. And in the midst of those times, we are reminded of the words of Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. I heard that a lot growing up. We didn't have all the ways to classify kids like we do now. You know, we call them hyperactive and we call them ADHD and all that stuff. I was simply called an active child because <laughs> I would never sit still. I didn't want to be still, sit still, stand still, or remain still for any period of time. And to this day... I still struggle with stillness. <laughs> Some of you may have noticed. I like to move around a lot. If you recall, when I first came here back in 1992, the church had this big old wraparound pulpit that you were supposed to step up in. And I think that lasted about one or two Sundays before I told them, I don't do this. You know, I, I got to move. I have, to, I have to be active in order to preach. But what I still struggle to do physically, I have learned to do in other ways. I have learned to quiet my mind. And I have learned to still my soul. The body may be moving. But I have learned... That the harder things get, the more difficult the situation becomes, the quieter and the more still I must be. Because God doesn't fight his way into our lives. He's not going to outshout everything else. He's not going to barge in. He slips in quietly, softly. The Bible says he even speaks in a still, small voice. He's not going to shout over the storm. But if I can get quiet, 
and still within. He's there. And I can find the strength and the help and the hope I need to weather that storm. I found I could identify with a, a story in the scripture. It's in Mark 4. Starting with verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus had had a long day of teaching and healing and doing ministry with the crowds around him. Toward evening he was tired. And he said, let's, let's cross the sea. Let's go across the Sea of Galilee. And he got into the boat, went to the back of the boat, and there was a cushion, and he just curled up and fell asleep. Now, it's not unusual for storms to come up on the Sea of Galilee. There's a kind of a mountain ridge that, that borders much of the sea, and these storms quite often uh, come along, but you can't see them because of the mountains until all of a sudden they come over the mountains, and they're upon you. And you have very little time to prepare. Now several of Jesus' disciples were experienced fishermen. They knew how to handle a boat in a storm. But this was not just a storm. This was a storm. It said the waves were hitting the boat so hard and the water was piling into the boat so fast that it threatened to swamp them. And you can just imagine the disciples, they're running around frantically, grabbing whatever they can, trying to bail water, yelling at each other. And all the time, Jesus is in the back of the boat. Now that raises the question, did Jesus snore? A, a theological conundrum. Um, I say if he was fully human, he probably did. But the point is, he's sound asleep in the midst of the storm. And the disciples, it's almost like they got mad because how can he do that? How can you be that calm when, when we're about to go under? And so they run over to him, and they wake him, and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we might drown? Now, I think that's a question many of us have asked. I have. There have been those times when I look up to heaven, and I say, don't you care 
when our health is failing? Don't you care when I've lost my job and I don't know how I'm going to pay next month's bills? Don't you care when, when my relationships are broken and I don't know how to put them back together? Don't you care when, when the problems just keep getting bigger and bigger and the resources are getting less and less? Don't you care? Well, the Bible says that he does. In Psalm 55, 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. In Nahum 1, 7, I haven't quoted that book in a long time. Nahum 1, 7, it says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. 1 Peter 5, 7, Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Did you, did you notice there's a common theme in there? He cares for us, but in order to access that care, we have to give our anxiety, our fear, our hurt to him. He says, cast it on me. Hand it to me. Give it over. I heard Alan Bayes in his testimony. He, you know, he's a Christian man, a man of strong faith. But as he was struggling with trying to get the crop in this spring, he said, I hadn't given that to the Lord. I was just trying to deal with that one myself. Just like the disciples in the boat. You know what I wonder? When that first wave hit the boat and the first water started coming into the boat, why didn't they go wake Jesus? They tried to do it themselves. They, they exhausted themselves trying to deal with this trouble before they turned to Jesus. How often do we do that? I don't know if it's our foolish pride. I don't know if it's our stubborn sense of independence. That, that, boy, I can do this myself. I can handle this. I can make this work. I can fix this. I can grit my teeth and bear it through it. And all the while, God's saying, hey, cast it on me. I care for you. When they woke Jesus, he stood up and it said he rebuked the wind and said, quiet, be still. You know, he didn't have to finish the rest of it. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. He did not have to say to the wind and the waves, be still and know that I am God. Because they already knew it. The wind and the waves know their creator. They know who God is. And when he spoke, they responded to his command. Maybe we could learn a lesson from nature. Maybe we could have the same confidence that the wind and the waves did, that when God speaks, 
they should answer. Because every time I take my trouble, my heartache, my pain, whatever it is to him, if I'll get quiet and if I'll get still, I hear that. Peace. Be still. Know that I am God. Know that I am with you. Know that I care for you. And know that I may not take this away from you. But I will walk with you through it. After Jesus addressed the, the wind and the waves, he turned to his disciples. And he said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Haven't you learned anything from following me? Did they really think that Jesus left the halls of heaven to come into this world as our Savior only to get drowned in the Sea of Galilee? Do you think God was going to let Jesus drown? No. Because he doesn't save us to sink us. <laughs> he doesn't lift us up to let us down. He doesn't come and build his home in us just to move away. He doesn't lift us up to let us down. Jesus understood that. The disciples learned that. And through their story, and through the testimony of people like Alan Bays, may we learn that as well. One last scripture. If God be for us, who, and I will add what, can be against us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much that Alan was willing to share that testimony with all of us. To allow your faithfulness in his life to inspire greater faith in ours. We thank you for sharing this story in your word of the storm and how you taught your disciples that if they will just turn it over to you, you will be with us. We love you, Lord. We struggle at times to live in your love. We struggle to remember just how much you've already done for us and how much you've sacrificed for us and that there is nothing that you won't do for us if we will just cast our cares, our burdens, our worries, our fears, our heartache, our pain upon you. Lord Jesus, may we all Learn to be still and know that you are God.
for it's in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.